Hey, fellow chasers, just a quick note before we get into the episode to please rate and review the show. Check out thechasepodcast.ca for more content. And most importantly, if you like what you hear, please share it with someone else who could use a little help on their journey. Here we go. chip is usually considered an imperfection, a flaw or a defect. But sometimes a chip can be the start of something, especially when that chip is located squarely on a shoulder. You're listening to The Chase. one point when I applied for it was an executive assistant role for one of the the higher ups and I remember one of the HR people told me that she she I had an interview and they told me that the woman said that that they she didn't respect me that's the voice of Kelly Geddes we're catching up in the living room of her small one-bedroom apartment Located in a trendy section of downtown Toronto. Not yuppie trendy or hipster trendy. It's got more of the bohemian sensibilities of the musical Rent. You know, minus the abject poverty. It's exactly the apartment you'd imagine for a young creative. Kelly and I used to work together almost a decade ago, but we haven't kept in touch much since then. She's bringing me up to speed over a glass of Cabernet Sauvignon, my modest offering for her time tonight. While we sit in that apartment making a serious dent in that bottle of red, we talk about the winding road her career, and her life really, have been taking since we last saw each other. And this road abruptly hits a fork when a personal slight causes some introspection. So I didn't get the job because she didn't respect me. Based on? They didn't tell me. Really? Yes. So I think that was like, oh my god. What was your interpretation of that? What do you I think was that like, meant? I was like, okay, maybe I, I thought that meant, maybe I don't fit in here, because I can't. Because of what? The way you work, maybe, your hair, your makeup. I, maybe or, yes. Like, did you think it was? About I your thought it was about or? everything. Yeah. I thought my whole package, the way I look, like the way I dress, even though I tried to display myself in a manner I thought was appropriate. And I like, you know, but I don't, I was, yeah, I think that I didn't see that. I haven't forgotten. I haven't forgotten about that comment. So I feel like I, I had to even hide myself even more. So I was like, how did, what? I don't understand, you know? So I think, yeah, I think I hid myself. When I first met her, Kelly stood out. We worked in a typical office environment. Think, office space without the red swing line staplers. Ours were black. Visually, she's striking. I've never met Kelly's parents, but if you told me they were David Bowie and Stevie Nicks, I might buy it. So in a sea of corporate uniformity, Kelly stood apart. In retrospect, 
She realizes she was trying to hide herself in order to fit in and climb the corporate ladder. But at the time, she just thought she was doing what one does when they grow up and start their career. I mean, she's being sensible and mature. I mean, I get that. But Kelly's story, at least the version of her story I want to share with you, is about shedding that notion and embracing her real passions. You see, Kelly doesn't stay in the administrative role where I first met her. Just give a listen. Last September, um, there's this designer, his name is Rocky Gather Cole, and he's from LA, and he does crazy couture pieces, and couture means uh, handmade, high fashion, extravagant pieces. So each each outfit is is crazy, crazy big or crazy puffy or or you know hand sewn beaded work, um, abstract. So he does a lot of um, he does a lot of costumes for celebrities for music videos and for um, red carpet events. So he has crazy shows in L.A. and New York. Um, and so I got invited to um, model in one of his shows in New York last year. And that was amazing. Like I was like, let's let's go. So I was only there for one day to do the show, but um, it was crazy. It was awesome. So that was like my like I checked that off my bucket list. Like it was cool. That bucket list item she's describing is her walking down a runway during New York's Fashion Week. Yeah. So you see, that chip on her shoulder leads Kelly to change jobs, start her own side hustle doing fashion photography enhancements, eventually co-found her own fashion magazine, and yes, walk down that runway during Fashion Week. That is such an incredible journey. I really wanted to know what was driving her, to understand what she was chasing. Okay, let's go back for a bit. When Kelly was in college, she freely explored her creative interests. She dabbled in acting and modeling and art. Creative expression was something that she loved. But she put that love aside, in some part because of parental pressure to take a more traditional path. I was in college and I, would, I needed to uh, maybe grow up, I guess, or do something that made money. So I kind of lost... You know, I kind of moved on from it. Um, interest. I absolutely did not lose interest. It was just um, I thought that I had to be more mature and really focus on something because, um, you know, I think I had too much going on and I just needed to focus and like really prove to my parents or whoever that I could be successful and make money and support myself. Kelly eventually lands an administrative role at a post-secondary educational institute called Michener. That's where I first meet Kelly. You know, Michener was like my first sort of um, grown-up job, I guess. Um, so I felt like I had to prove a lot. I had to prove to, you know, I had to prove myself. And so I felt like I, I had to lose some of my creative side, or not lose it, but just hide it a little bit because I needed to be um, 
respected, I guess, or I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to prove to my superiors that I was serious and that I could be accountable and yeah, that I was serious about working there and moving up. And that's the kind of person that I wanted. I wanted to display that person. So I felt like maybe I had to put my passions aside and really focus on moving up the ladder. So Kelly starts executing her plan to climb the corporate ladder and she's successful at it. So I was hired as a clerk in um, the continuing education department. And I was so excited because, you know, I just felt like, okay, this is, this is it. This is, you know, this is exciting. But yeah, at the same time, I felt like I had to hide, not that I just had to hide my eccentric side. Um, But I mean, I did that for five years and I moved up and I think I was pretty successful. I moved up to as high as I possibly could probably there for um, the department. Um, I, I was a clerk and then I became an admin and then I was a coordinator. So... So things are good. Kelly's happy and successful, but somewhere inside of her, there's still this feeling of wanting more. I, I remember walking down the halls thinking, wow, I did it. I, you know, I finished school and I, I'm making something of myself and it felt really rewarding. It was really rewarding, but I'm insatiable. I am. And I think people should be because I think if you, if you're, always, if you're satisfied, you're going to, you're just going to be. You're, just gonna, you're not going to push yourself. I feel like I'm always striving for something more. And I, and I, you know, you get to that next level. You appreciate where you came from, but you want to go move, move and move and move, you know? So I think, yes, I, I was really excited and I was happy, but I knew it was like, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. Okay. It's around this time that Kelly starts to question why she's climbing the corporate ladder in the first place. I mean, she likes her job, but she isn't passionate about it. And she starts to reminisce about her earlier creative pursuits. Turns out that despite her best efforts to smother her creative passions, under layers of responsibility and maturity and adulting, a fire still smoldered. And all it needed to reignite was a seemingly arbitrary computer purchase. I I remember buying, I think, yeah, I bought this new laptop and the girl on the phone asked me if I wanted Photoshop. Do you want Photoshop? And I was like, yeah, I want Photoshop, you know? And I was like, hey, Kelly, you bought Photoshop. Let's, let's, uh, let's play with it. And then I was addicted, addicted. And it felt so good to be able to do something that was creative again, even though it wasn't like huge, it was that little seed that was planted in my brain again that kind of blossomed. Okay, hold up for a second. Did you catch that? Kelly gets upsold by a computer salesperson, and it becomes the catalyst to getting re-engaged in her creative pursuits and her infatuation with fashion. Life can be random. From here, Kelly teaches herself how to use Photoshop, eventually becoming quite proficient. She uses those skills to dabble in fashion photography retouching, and a side hustle is born. So essentially, you know, I would go home and I just edit. And, you know, for a long while, I didn't share any of those edits because I was self-conscious. But after a while, I was like, okay, you know, maybe these are shareable. So I started posting some of them on Facebook. And I was getting a lot of positive feedback. 
So I took that and I used it as motivation to try even more and to learn more about the system and try new things and push myself and learn from others. So I just kept doing that and I kept sharing my progression. And then people started kind of coming to me like, hey, can you edit my photo? And I'd be like, yeah, I can edit your photo. And I do it for free because like I was still learning and I didn't I didn't feel that I was worthy to be paid at that point, you know? So I started doing that. And then, um, it just came to a point where I was like, you know what? I, this is something I feel that there's a demand for, you know? Um, so then I really started investing in it. Listening to Kelly talk about her retouching side business. It's easy to hear the difference between her feelings towards career development and her creative pursuits. I wanted to come home and do this. It was like, okay, can't wait to get home. I'm gonna try this. I can't wait to do those photos, gotta rush home. It's like, so, it's excitement. I was excited. I just wanted to get home and do the photos. So the photo retouching business is blossoming, but it doesn't pay the bills. And rent isn't cheap for that little bohemian apartment in the city. The slight of not getting that executive assistant position leaves a bad taste in her mouth. So Kelly decides to leave for greener pastures. And by greener, I mean more money. So she takes a job at the University of Toronto. She gets her foot in the door in the Faculty of Medicine and eventually makes a move to the Faculty of Dentistry. When I took this role of dentistry, I got a large promotion. Like, it was a lot more money. So I feel like, you know, I was able to get into this role, and then I, pro- I probably worked for about a year until I felt like, okay, I know the role. This is easy for me. And then after that, I kind of was able to run that at- like at the same time now exploring my goals more, my personal goals. But I think it had a lot to do with the financial um, security part. With a little financial security, Kelly was freer to delve into her creative passions. Her connections in the fashion photography community, thanks to her growing side hustle, pay off when a photographer friend approaches her with a bold idea. Because we've been in this industry for so long, we work together a lot. We've been submitting to other magazines together for a long time. So we're like, why don't we just make start our own? And it's a vehicle for to publish our work as well. And maybe other people. So they dive in. I mean, not haphazardly. It does take them a year to publish their first issue. But they're both just on board with this idea. And they do it. They just do it. I mean, that's amazing. And now, 14 issues in, the magazine has grown. When you're when you're launching a magazine like this, you have to solicit for content because people aren't just going like, I mean, depends on the quality of work you're trying to get in the magazine. But photographers who are established and produce uh, quality work, they they don't trust everyone to use their content in a manner that they will respect. So, you know, you, we had to really prove to them 
that we're going to be a quality magazine. So that took a long time. So, but once we, yeah, once we got enough contributors, um, put it all together, the feedback was like overwhelming. We started getting, we started getting like submissions from all over the world. Like every issue we put out, we get another new country or a new city. We're like what? We got something from Singapore this time. We got something from Colombia. Like every time there's a new country or city we hadn't received from before, we're like, oh my God, how did they find us? How did they find us? Because we're not doing marketing. We're doing, I mean, Instagram and Facebook. You know, how did this person in Columbia find our magazine, take these beautiful photos and send them to us? Like, that's just so inspiring. It's cool. It's really cool to know we have that reach, even though, I mean, we still need a lot more reach, but it's, it's cool. So I guess seeing, it's very positive to see that. So the magazine is doing well, really well. But it still doesn't pay the bills. So Kelly still has the day job at U of T. And to be honest, part of her hasn't totally given up on the idea of climbing the corporate ladder and making her living in that way. But her foray into the world of fashion photography and publishing has done a few things for her. One, it's given her a community. She can surround herself with others that share her sensibilities. So she isn't feeling like the odd one out anymore. She doesn't have to hide. And that's huge. I have met so many people and I, I have so many contacts and I've been able to work with people like I, that are so near and dear to me now and the, the people that I've learned so much from too and have helped me get to where I am today. Like it's about helping each other and... Yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, I feel like I am exuding a different light now. It's kind of hard to explain, but I feel like I, yeah, I'm just shining a different way. I'm actually, maybe I'm just shining where I wasn't shining before. The other thing it's given her is a rewritten definition of success. I definitely don't think success is just based on how much money you make and how far you're climbing up the ladder and who respects you in terms of, you know, upper management, that's not success to me anymore. Um, success is being able to have that balance between feeling like in control, you know, having a great job, a great career, but also being able to live and be happy and express yourself. That's, that's what success is to me now. Now, Kelly's still chasing her passion for creative expression. The manner in which she articulates that out into the world might change, but I don't think her thirst to do so will ever waver. She's going to keep creating. When we spoke, she had just returned from another trip to New York for Fashion Week, covering several shows for her magazine. So, you see, Kelly's done it. She is part of the fashion industry now. And maybe, just maybe, that accomplishment will help smooth over that chip. Just a little bit. That, that VP that yeah. said she didn't respect you at the yeah. time. At the time, yes. you took that as a slight. Oh, yes. That, that hit me hard. And today, how do you feel? Oh, I don't care. Not one bit. 